It's been 64 whole days since an NRL match was played due to the pandemic, but on Thursday, footy fans will get their fix, and just like you, we cannot wait. But before we get started, let's take a look at what's happened during the shutdown. A new task force, Project Apollo, was born. The aim? To save rugby league. Within a month, we had a date the whole game was waiting for, May 28. And finally, the Warriors would get approval to make Australia home so all 16 clubs could compete. And now, we're here. Days out from kickoff, the NRL working on their next big move, getting you, the fan, back in the stands. But of course, the shutdown didn't come without a few hiccups. Diverse opinions with the best intentions to resume the greatest game of all. So, let's take a dive inside the NRL. Our panel discussed the biggest talking points leading into round three and how your team will now fare following a raft of changes. Plus, we speak to the man who led Project Apollo through the game's biggest crisis and we preview the longest running rivalry in the NRL with South skipper Adam Reynolds. Well, it was two months too long, but we hope all our footy fans stayed safe and healthy during the shutdown period. Michael Chamis, Jamie Soward, it's so good to have you both in the same building. Very good to be back, Katie. Very good to be back. This man's been very busy, but it's nice <laughs> to have some footy coming back. How was isolation for you? You remain pretty busy with your podcast. You seem to be doing day by day busier than ever. Isolation with three kids under four, not recommended, but <laughs> you might have to deal with it one day. <laughs> <laughs> was it all right for you, Jamie? Yeah, it was all right for me. Yeah, Indiana was an angel, so, um, yeah. <laughs> Another one on the way. Another one on the way, September, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, so going to be two girls, so can't wait. Cannot wait for footy this weekend, starting on Thursday night. Of course, the Eels and the Broncos. We have plenty coming up in the show, but first let's talk about the likes and learning. So what did you like about the shutdown period? Obviously, it's very devastating what's happening around the world, but your likes within the rugby league community. I like that we uh, we're actually, I actually miss the footy a lot. Like, I haven't been this excited for the game in a long time. Even, you know, you go through off-seasons and you come back. But for me, this is the most excited I've been about footy for a long while. And I've also liked the fact that the NRL has led the way. For so long, the NRL, we've been, you know, to be fair, the sheep of the two football codes, but the AFL are sitting there in Melbourne, jealous of what we've been able to do, and they're firing pot shots at Peter Volandis in the NRL, and the NRL's led the way for all the codes in this in this country, so good on Rugby League. Yeah, I guess the former player in me is being able to spend time with family. I think that's been really important, and uh, I agree with Chemis, uh, probably the first time, <laughs> last time for a long time, but... <laughs> What Peter Volandis and his team's been able to do is get our sport up and running and showcase it to the world now. And we're leading the way in a lot of areas. And I agree, you know, about AFL, they've been probably taking centre stage for a long time now. But for the first time in a long time, and it's no disrespect to anyone in, in, in past gone, but Peter Volandis is the head of our game and is taking our game to, to high heights. And, and I just can't be proud of us getting our product back on the field. It's great to be back, but... Peter Volandis, what an uh, achievement he's been able to do to get our game back. Absolutely. It put such a big smile on my face. I think today I got butterflies. <laughs> talking about rugby league coming back on Thursday night. What about the learnings, though, gents? Jamie, I'll start with you. What do you think you learnt during this period? Um, well, I missed you guys probably more than I thought I'd, oh, I would. Oh, my gosh. But, Can uh, we please record that? <laughs> it never happen again. Look, I actually learnt uh, that the rugby league community, we all need each other for this game to survive. And that's players needing media, media needing players. Uh, we all need the fans. But if we're going to make our game number one and sustain that for a long time, we need to have those relationships within the community of rugby league. And, you know, what COVID has shown us is that we all need to rely on each other to have the best product on the field. So I really think that players learn a lot about media throughout this time, good and bad. And the media has learned a lot about how the players um, need to be respected in certain some of their aspects of their life. So I think we, we all need each other a little bit more. I like it. 
One's a little bit opposite to what Jamie's thinking. I've learned that the clubs that self-interest will always dominate in rugby league. And eight weeks ago, as a journal, you ring around clubs and they're all telling you and the players, we'll play anywhere, we'll play on the road, we'll play, we'll take us wherever you want. We get back and the season's underway and it starts straight away. The whinging, why are we playing this team? You know, it's not fair, the season's too short. Self-interest in rugby league, it'll <laughs> never die. So. Isn't it interesting that we do have the former player and the journalist, and your point was that there needs to be a better relationship between media and the players, so maybe we can talk about how to fix that, gents, when we're mm, finished. Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, let's talk about some breaking news out of Newcastle, though. Michael, what can you tell us? Is there something happening with Caelan Ponga? Yeah, Caelan Ponga looks set to sign a, a mega deal with the Newcastle Knights worth about $1.1 million a year. He was contracted till the end of next year with an option for 2022. He will take up that option and an extension. Now, the, the details of that extension is still being worked out, but it could be for a lot, as long as 2025. So that'll be a, a five-year extension worth about $5.6 million for Caelan Ponga if that's the length of term he agrees to, which is a huge boost for Newcastle because he is the kid that they will build this club around. I said in my article in the Sydney Morning Herald that he's the best, this is the biggest, most important signing for Newcastle in two decades since Andrew Johns. So he's the face of the club. He will be there long term. They're just finalising that deal and perhaps by the end of the week we'll have an announcement. Okay. How and why now? Well, there was a, you know, a lot of talk about Caelan Pong and his desire to play rugby union. Now, that will still be there. I, I think that when he comes off, if he signs till 2025, he'll be 20, 27 years old when he comes off contract. He'll be at the peak of his powers. So I think it was a big risk for Kalen to go to Rugby Union now in an All Blacks team that is settled, that is star-started. Now, if he gives his time to Rugby League and he wants to win a premiership, that's the burning factor behind all this, that he wants to win a premiership with Newcastle, with his friends, and he's got a lot of close, close friends there and his family are all settled in Newcastle. So for him and his family, this was the right decision. See out a longer-term deal with the Knights. And if he still has that burning desire to, to play for the All Blacks, then he'll give himself a couple-year period leading into that 2027 World Cup, which may be in Australia. Jamie, does this excite you um, for the Newcastle Knights? And where do you see them finishing having Callum Pong on for a bit longer? Yeah, it does. I mean, I love Callum Pong watching him play. And you know, to be able to keep him in the NRL is very exciting for not only Newcastle, but all the NRL fans. I just question, you know, they're still going to have to have some pieces around him. Mitchell Pearce is 31. You'd think he'll go around for another couple of years. They still need some... Uh, O'Brien's gone up there with a plan. Now, if they can you know, further that plan this year and be able to get into the top eight, then they've succeeded in my eyes. But um, they're going to need some more pieces to put around Kalen Ponga going forward because Mitchell Pearce won't be able to play forever. They still haven't settled their 5-8. Their number nine, Jaden Braley, have had to go to McCulloch. So there's still some pieces to fall in if Newcastle had to win a title in the next five years. It's huge in the sense to probably stop those rugby whispers, though, because they were coming on pretty hard. Yeah, and, and to be fair, I think uh, there was some advice that Sir John Kerwin provided Caelan that he's going to need a couple of years to go into that team. Like, we're talking about probably the best football team on the planet. You know, they've had achieved so much, the All Blacks. So to, to assume that he would be able to go in and, and make the transition, and especially in a post-COVID-19 world, because we don't know what's going to happen to Rugby Union, the Super Rugby Tournament. Mm -hmm. So... Probably the uncertainty around what's going, going to happen in Rugby Union, the fact that he can nail down a, a period now with the Newcastle Knights and build towards something special. I don't think they're as far as away as you're making out, Jamie. I think, yeah, they probably need a six, but while Mitchell Pearce is there, they don't need a, a strong number six. He will, he will lead the team around the park. You've got your fullback in Kalen, you've got Clemmer up front with Daniel Saifidi, and they've brought Jaden Braley. Unfortunately, he's injured. So I think the pieces are there. There's a couple of Tyson Frizzell next, yeah. next yeah. year. So... I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them finish in the top four this year and then challenging next year for a title. No comment? Don't agree? I disagree. 
I'm allowed to disagree. I think, look, they've got signings there. Tyson Frizzell is a key signing, but they still need some other pieces around. You say you don't need a dominant number six. Well, Mitchell Pearce needs someone to take the pressure off that so it's not just him and Ponga. You can plan for the defence of the Newcastle Knights at the moment with with Pearce and Ponga. Mm. You can have numbers. You come in, fullback comes in the line. I just think they're another couple of pieces away. If they are getting there, Tyson Frizzell is an important signing next year, but they had good back rowers last year. Now they get a representative back rower. I think they need a number six, and the number nine, Jaden Braley, coming back will be important next year. Okay. Well, we'll have to wait and see how they finish up in 2020. Just out of interest, sorry, Michael, where do you have them finishing in 2020? Oh, I can see them finishing the top four. Okay. I had it missing the eight. Yeah. And you still have them missing the eight? All right. Uh, yes. Okay. I'll just make sure my producer has that locked and loaded so we can get that out <laughs> after round 20. Uh, in other news, though, during the shutdown period, we did see Peter Volandis introduce the one referee and the commission um, took that off. They want to make sure that it's become this more free-flowing game, less stoppages. What are your thoughts on that, Jamie? Yeah, I'm going to give the referees a month. Just to see how it goes. Give them an adjustment period. They have to deal with so much in the game. To take that two-referee system away from them is going to take some time for them to adjust. Uh, but I think we may see the referees actually trust themselves a little bit more, not have to rely on a second voice, go up to check an obstruction or to go in and check after a try. They're just going to have to go the two touch judges who are going to be made to be more responsible on the sidelines and then come in and there's going to be the one referee. I think it's going to be a smoother transition than what most people will think. The other part of it is... We may see the game open up a little bit more with this six again, Shamus, because higher points is going to be more attractive to the eye early on while teams get adjusted to this one referee. Yeah, well, I think the, the point that needs to be made is that Peter Volandis throughout this period negotiating the deal with the referees, obviously the threat of strike action at one point, he said to the full-time referees, you're actually better off with the... Because at the moment, the touchies, a lot of them are casuals. Mm. So the fact that full-time referees, guys who are in the system and know the rules and are up to speed with everything... They're on the, on the sideline now. They're, so they're actually helping them make the better decisions rather than relying on part-timers to help them. So that's the point that Peter Volandis made to the referees the other day that helped win over the, um, win over the vote, which is now history. So th- one referee. I think there's a big question in the development, though because now you're using all full-time, so I think there's a, a big question around how they develop the referees if you're not using any casuals or part-timers. Well, especially this year, because there's no lower grades as well, but I, I think it's the right thing for rugby league, and equally, I think the the innovation around the rule changes with the uh, six again instead of a penalty for ruck infringements, I think that's even bigger, to be honest with you. It's going to take time. Everything's going to take time. We, we had didn't, to do this yet. Yeah, we, we had to... If you want the game back, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Did you have so. to do it now? I get, I get that argument. Did you have to do it now? Could you have waited till the end of the year or did it at the start of the year? Probably right. But you know what? This year, regardless of what we, what we think, it's going to have an asterisk next to it. So why not, why not try things? So. I guess the, the, the players haven't really had an off-season, though, to start learning those changes. It's going to be a lot of discipline for that defensive team. Yeah, it is, but I think the game will open up. <laughs> we may see some high-scoring game First round this week, we may see a couple of 30-28s, which is that such a bad thing? We've got our game back on the field. It's been an amazing effort by everyone involved. We've wrapped it up. Can we not just look forward to having the product out there and then work out the kinks along the way? I just hope we haven't got a repeat of last year with not hearing referees, someone calling six again. and Mate, just be happy it's back. It. I am happy, happy it's back. back. You're normally the negative one, so I'm just happy. I'm happy. Think that it's Jamie Sowood bringing oh, the positive penny, goodness. making sure it's all <laughs> the right side of life. I absolutely love it. Uh, one man who was part of that commission was Wayne Pearce, and he joins us now, the leader of the Project Apollo. Thanks for coming on Inside the NRL. No, it's great to be on board, and great to lead up to the first game, or round three, I should say, re- restart. It kind of feels like it is the first game again. I mean, we've missed so much rugby league. We're so excited it's back. Firstly, congratulations on bringing the game back uh, with the Project Apollo, yourself and your team. Um, is it exciting to know that you're so close to all that hard work finally paying off? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, as, as I've said a number of times, you know, the, the last sort of six weeks has been the longest year of my life. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, It's been a fair bit of work gone into it by all the team members. I mean, the Project Apollo team was very productive, very positive. Um, we set a date of May 28, which was way ahead of what um, a lot of people thought. July 1 was, was pretty speculative but we we wanted to push the, the limits and uh as it turns out we got there so it's been very very satisfying wayne there's a lot of talk uh, in victoria in regards to peter volandis and the apollo team and the uh, the job you guys have been able to do in getting the game back up and running now they've dubbed him push ahead pete and he's pushing ahead with crowds and hopefully by july one is what's the plan with that and and do you like the approach that the nrl has taken with this in, in pushing ahead regardless of you know the, the obviously the measures in place in society yeah, I mean, my view is that uh, if, if you don't set a clear goal, uh, don't complain if you don't get it. So you've got to really set a goal. And if we have to push that goal back, then we will. But uh, Peter has, has stated that July 1, he'd like to, to see uh, some sort of crowds in stadiums. Um, what that looks like, we're not sure because we don't control the stadiums. That's, that's the uh, stadium providers. But... You know, we would love to see some sort of crowds in there, obviously because of the um, the volume in the in the stadiums. You, you can't have a packed stadium, but you can certainly uh, get some people in there and, and social distance them. So, you know, it, it's something that we would love to do, um, but as yet, there's no real uh, there's no real detail around that because uh, we're still trying to work through the detail. Wayne, what's the process if a player does come with uh, COVID-19 in a couple of weeks? How does the NRL deal with that going forward? Jamie, you're ever the optimist, mate, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, what happens if in the unlikely event now... Now, it was uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, our uh, advisor, Professor Heslop, did the numbers and we were a 1 in 10,000 chance of any of our players contracting... Uh, the virus based on the biosecurity protocols we have in place. Uh, so, and, and, and the infection rate has actually dropped even further since then. So, it's in the un- highly unlikely event that that happens, uh, and some one of our players contracts the virus. What happens is uh, the, the the player um, and effectively that environment, which is the team, would would be actually helped placed in the hands of public health officials. So they take over. As a, as a consequence of that. So that's beyond our control. But what would most likely happen is um, there'd be um, a, a check on who's come in contact with that particular player in, in the previous 48 hours and work back from there. So in, in that highly unlikely event that that happens, um, yeah, the public health officials take over from there. That's interesting, and hopefully none of that will happen. We won't have to worry about it, and we can continue to watch rugby league. I won't hold you up, Wayne. We know you've been super busy over the last six or seven weeks. We'll let you catch some sleep before Thursday. Thanks so much for coming on Inside the NRL. Thanks very much. Enjoy the big start. <laughs> yeah, we certainly will. Wayne Pierce. there. Now, I need to talk to you both about rugby league. Let's talk <laughs> about the footy that is being played. Let's take a look at the ladder and remind fans where their team stands after two rounds, and it is the Parramatta Eels who stand at the top there. But another five teams who are still undefeated. The Panthers, the other undefeated side there before it gets to the Cowboys and South Sydney Rabbitohs. 
Warriors, Titans, Bulldogs, Dragons, Roosters and Sharks all still without a win on their gents. But out of this shutdown period, I want to ask, who are the biggest winners from this, do you think? Oh, for me, the biggest winners is, is Cronulla. They were decimated at the start of the year. They had injuries at front and centre. You didn't know who was going to play. Now they get everyone back, the Bronson Cherry, Matt Moyle and Josh Dugan. And when you add on top of that, their draw, they don't have to play a single team that made the eight last year twice. They're the only team in the competition that doesn't play a finals team twice. So for me, Cronulla, I had them out of my eight, but the draw's friendly and their team's all back. I could see them having a little bit of a run here. Before you get to that, Jamie, do you remember before we went into um, to the suspension period, we were talking to Bronson Sherry and he thought he was going to, to end yeah. the whole competition. <laughs> and here we are and, and he's back. He'll be back. Mm. His shoulder will be better than ever along with Matty Moylan and Josh Dugan. Yeah, I think uh, Cronulla are one of the teams. There's a couple of teams that really benefited. I think the Roosters did with being able to get Cole Flanagan more into their system. But the Manly Seagulls, I think this is a team that could take it all out. You talk about... DCE, the Turbo, you know, Gerbo, the, the brothers, they are three of the top ten players in the competition. They've had time now to have those guys who had surgery to get them fully fit and fully rested. They were sort of racing the clock for round one, round two. Now they've had a chance to be able to get fully fit and fully rested in a team that doesn't have a lot of depth, Chairman. So I think, look, I know I said Parramatta and Canberra. Manly are a team that can win the whole thing. Des Hasler will love you saying that. <laughs> Maybe Sorry, <Des>. not. <laughs> what about for you the biggest losers though? Who, who are the teams who have struggled during this period and are going to find it hard to come back? For me, I think South Sydney, look, it wouldn't surprise me if they go on a run, but I've got a feeling it's going to unravel for South Sydney over the next six to eight weeks. I, obviously, they've been decimated. Uh, yeah. They're off, sorry, the period they've had, it's been tumultuous for them. Obviously, with Latrell Mitchell in that situation, he was in, uh, in his hometown there. James Robb is checking himself into rehab and obviously now Cody Walker now suspended through that fighting casino. So I think that they have had the worst of all teams in terms of their break and they come into a period where there's a lot of pressure on Wayne Bennett. I think they play the Roosters, then the Storm the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, if they lose those two games and they're one from four, enormous now amount of pressure on Wayne Bennett heading into what he's supposed to be his final year next year. So I, I can just see things unravelling a little bit at South Sydney. I hope I'm wrong. We'll talk to Adam Reynolds a little bit later, but... Yeah, I don't like what the period has done for Souths. Okay. Yeah, let's. Yeah, it was, yeah, South Sydney are the biggest loser in what's been able to. I think they come out of it okay, to be honest. I think I know the first two weeks will be tough, but if they can split that and win this Friday night, they come out of it okay. They'll start to get Cody Walker back. Um, Latrell Mitchell at fullback is going to drag on for them. It's it's the teams that haven't got the strong cultures, Katie, that have, are going to struggle. I think the teams like Roosters, Melbourne, all those teams that have been finals hardened, got senior players, strong leaders at the club, they've been the biggest winners, the biggest losers. You know, Titans, Warriors, we've seen what they've been able to go through, unfortunately. So um, it's going to be hard for them to start this competition and get the ball rolling because if they get 0-2 and they haven't won a game, the season could well be over straight away. I'm interested by you both just with South Sydney because we will talk to Adam Reynolds a little later on. But before they even had these off-field dramas, you were both talking about not having the experience in the forward pack. And here we are missing three of their, their stars mm. as well. This just adds to, I guess, what will be a dilemma, could be a dilemma if Wayne Bennett can't handle it. Yeah, backs up against the wall, just the way Wayne likes it. I think, honestly, the, the more that you look at the one referee, the ruck opening up, and you look at the special players that South Sydney have, they could come out, cause an upset Friday night, and all of a sudden, we're not talking about, we're talking about the champs, you know, the back-to-back -back champs 0-3. Well, that's the key. If, Dam if the game opens up for Damien Cook, look out, South Sydney can go on a massive run. That's the thing, that's the unknown, how the game changes. But even when they get Walker back, they could go well, on a massive correct. run. Those They've got the players the there. The field there. They, could, they could wreak havoc. 
and the big question mark over Latrell as fullback. If he finds his form, and I'm glad Wayne Bennett has put him at fullback because it would have been so disheartening for the guy to, to come off two weeks and then be scrapped as fullback. You've got to give him a stint, and I'm glad he gets to go against his old clubs with a point to prove and play at number one. My mind just took a took a turn, and I was like, "Greg Inglis, South Sydney, off to Super League as well." Like, I mean, there's so many things that have happened in the time that we've been apart, guys. Uh, now, next up, we need to talk about power rankings, please. Jamie, take it away. It's been a long time between drinks for the power rankings, but I've focused on three teams this week that have had suspensions or injury. One of those teams was the North Queensland Cowboys. Michael Morgan had some shoulder surgery in the break. Be interested to see how he comes back from that layoff. The other two teams, South Sydney and the Penrith Panthers, have got guys in the main role in Nathan Cleary and Cody Walker who will be missing for the first two games. So I'll be interested to see how those teams go without their star players in the first two rounds of the NRL resumption. Well, joining us next is the South Sydney skipper, Adam Reynolds. But first, let's take a look back at the longest standing rivalry this game holds between the Sydney Roosters and the Rabbitohs. Here's a few highlights in the recent times. They're chasing him from the inside. He gives it to Warmerson. He can link up with Tordner. Pouring down the field. He kicks. Minicello. Minicello. Unbelievable. The Roosters. to McQueen, they're away, Merritt's there again, here he is, Merritt, Merritt links up with Luke, Luke for the line, hits the line, Reynolds, you can take me now, it all. Reynolds, he puts the kick across, Inglis is over here, up he goes, down he comes, he gets the try, of spectacular proportions. Now from Kronk to Kiri Kiro, here it comes, Daniel Tupo gets the first try. Now it's to Reynolds, he puts a kick in, it's hit the uprights, they put the ball down, and Cody Walker is the man that's got it. Tedesco links up with Manu, it's all at pace, it's brilliant again, they are too good. Wow, 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 wow. Well, another chapter will be added to the book of feuds and their rivalry to talk to us now. Adam Reynolds, thanks for coming on the show. No worries. Thanks for having me. I bet you can't wait to play footy on Friday night, particularly against the Sydney Roosters. The feud there is, is so bright. Now, tell us, before we talk about football, best thing to come out of COVID for you and your family? Oh, obviously the quality time that you get to spend with loved ones. It's a pretty busy time of the year with footy and travel, so... Um, yeah, they were off school, the four kids, so um, it's a bit of quality time there. And then obviously the Jordan documentary that's recently come out, uh, it was a pleasure to watch. Adam, all South Sydney fans want to know two questions. James Roberts, is he playing? And Latrell Mitchell, will we see him at fullback? Uh, I'm not too sure about Jimmy. Uh, we, we haven't made a decision with that yet. Uh, obviously, he's only had the one training session with us. Um, but look, he, he was happy and, and smiling at training, and that's the most important thing. And um, Latrell, I think you'll find in the number one. Adam, uh, Friday night, a blockbuster, so many great games. You've played in some of these great games with that rival against the Roosters. Take us back to that moment when you score a try in the last second to win the game, and how easy is it to get up for these games against the Roosters? Yeah, Sarah, it's sort of like the old uh, Anzac Day with the Roosters and the, the Dragons for us. Um, it's one that we always look forward to. Uh, it's one that we always, you know, get up for. 
uh, obviously with the, the bad blood between the two clubs, it's not very hard to get motivated and uh, it's always special to be a part of the big moments. I was lucky enough to score that try and, and be in the position I, have to, I didn't have to do too much. So, um, yeah, a lot of joy and, and jubilation around that area. Adam, we mentioned the Roosters, obviously the feud with the club. Now, over this period, obviously they come into the, the resumed season 0-2 and, and they weren't happy with the rule changes and they weren't happy with the fact that the, the season's been shortened. I imagine a lot of sympathy from South Sydney towards the Roosters <laughs> at this point. <laughs> um, look, everyone's got to play by the same rules. Um, you know, we're only one from two, so not much has changed for us, um, to, to be quite honest. Um, yeah, I'm sorry they feel that way, but... Um, there's a competition to get on with and um, yeah hopefully we can make it zero from three from them. Adam I know um, I sort of wanted to warm into it and ask you about coronavirus and your time off and then Michael ran straight into it with the hard-hitting questions about James Roberts but um, I, I do have to ask I've got to add on the back of that no Cody Walker Troy Dargan in the halves can you tell us a bit about how he plays and what we can expect uh, when he makes his debut? Yeah Troy's obviously um, been sitting in the in the uh, the squad for a while there, um, he's had some time at Parra and Brisbane, and but he's a quality young young bloke. He's um, you know very similar to Cody Walker in the style he plays, and um, yeah, he's mature beyond his years. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how Darvs goes. I'm, I'm sure he'll um, you know fit in nicely. Adam, you said you watched The Last Dance. There's a lot of similarities, I guess. Yeah, everyone's drawing it, but Wayne Bennett, Phil Jackson, the best man managers. How have you found your leadership grow underneath Wayne, now being the captain of such a proud club? Yeah, it's been good. Um, obviously, you've had the pleasure of being coached by Wayne and, and what he brings. He's got his own style um, to his coaching. Um, we've got Jason Demetrio in the background. He does a lot of hard work, him and Benny Hornby as well, so... Um, look, he's continually challenging me, Cody and Cookie, to obviously lead the side around us being the three senior boys there. And um, yeah, I'm loving every minute of it. I've had a few challenges uh, this far, obviously, with the virus and a uh, number of incidents, but um, yeah, loving it. What about the uh, speed of the ruck now with one referee? Geez, you must be licking your lips to try and get Cookie a quick play the ball to be able to take off. That sort of style would suit South Sydney, especially Friday night. Yeah, that's, that's an area of. Uh, we've been working on our training. Um, obviously, Cookie's part of his game. The strength is his running game. And uh, we've got some big boys in the middle there that can generate that ruck speed to get him a bit of open space. And um, yeah, we'll be looking to go through the middle. And uh, who knows with the weather, uh, it's probably going to be a wet one. So um, yeah, we'll have to look at all options. And um, but yeah, Cookie's obviously more excited than anyone. Adam, see how we touched on Wayne Bennett. I know you, you know him very well. That $20,000 fine, do you think he'll be dipping into his pocket or are we asking CRC Mate, to ship of, co- of course he will. <laughs> That's in the glove box, probably. Mate, he's got plenty, mate. Don't worry about that. He'll, he'll be laughing. So. No. Um, look, it's just one of those things he's got to get on with. And, um, look, he's taking it on the chin like everyone else has. And um, Yeah, I think the footy's going to be the main positive to come out of this story. On a serious note, though, your leadership during this period. Obviously, it's been a bit of a tumultuous six to eight weeks for South Sydney, obviously with Luttrell, with James Roberts uh, entering rehab and obviously now with Cody Walker. How have you found this period, mate, as a leader? Have you had to speak to any of the boys and, and how have you adjusted to being that leader in the group, not just the prankster in the in the dressing shed? No, it's, it's been pretty comfortable, to be honest. Um, and, and Wayne's fairly good at taking... Uh, you know, the brunt of all things and, and taking the weight on his shoulders. But, um, you know, for me, it's just playing that, that role where I've got to comfort them and make sure they're all right, um, you know, making sure they're personally good off the field and um, not only them boys but everyone else in the squad. Um, there's a serious side to things and also there's a downtime where you've got to have a bit of fun and 
I think that's where uh, I, I fit the category nicely. <laughs> the biggest thing for you, gents, will be winning that game on Friday night against the Roosters. Can you talk to me a bit about that rivalry? I know we speak about it every time you two go head-to-head, but what will Wayne sort of talk to you about in the sheds in the lead-up? Because beating them is, I don't know, is, is it almost like the pinnacle, the rivalry? Just explain it to us. Oh, not really at this time of year. Um, look, we, we've had the wood over them for a while in these season games and um, it sort of doesn't matter when you get to the back end of the year. So uh, for us, it'll be about going out there and, and playing a good 80-minute game. Uh, we've been training really good. We've up the standards and everything. Um, so, yeah, the, the focus will mainly be on us, but obviously have that rivalry in the background. All right. Well, good luck on Friday night out at Bankwest Stadium. The Roosters taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Thanks for your time, Adam. Easy. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that match on Friday night, but ahead of that one is Thursday night, which kickstarts the action round three of the NRL Telstra Premiership. The Brisbane Broncos hosting the Parramatta Eels. Last time these two teams met, 58 nil. It was an absolute hiding the Eels gave the Broncos. Do the Eels handle the pressure though going into an eight? Oh, I think they do. I think they do. I, I like what the Eels have built towards. Yeah, they've been two, two years in the making, this team. They've, they've got a team that can give the title a shake. And not, you know, the, the Broncos, the nightmares of last year, they won't go, regardless of what Anthony Seabold, Seabold says, and we're not thinking about next year. Uh, last year, sorry. Sorry, see how he's pulling faces at me. But I think those nightmares will stay. The scars are there. And you know, the Eels have exploited a few things. But the Broncos play a different brand of football than they did last year. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how they match up this time around because... Brody Croft's addition and the way Anthony Seabold has changed that team, I think you'll uh, see some differences this time around. Yeah, big bonus with Reid Marnie coming back in. Um, Brad Arthur confident that he'll be back in the number nine jersey. Yeah, definitely. I think this is one of the games of the round. You have yeah, Parramatta building to something the last couple of years. Can they get the job done when all the lights shine the brightest? But for me, Brody Croft is a huge addition to the Brisbane Broncos. The way they played those first two rounds, it was like they'd finally found their number seven who's going to direct them around. And Milford felt really comfortable being able to just come into the uh, attacking line, take the ball, run the ball. And then you had Katani Staggs. What a threat he was in the first two rounds. So... Hopefully Brody Croft's recovered from that shoulder injury. Special talents, David Fafita, whether they get him back you know, sooner rather than later, hopefully. But, you know, Payne Haas, they've got a, a really, really good style of footy this year, the Brisbane Broncos, that they've been able to show. Now, who comes out and shows all their weapons in you know, round three? We're going to have to wait and see. But I, I was really impressed from the Broncos from the first two rounds. We touched on earlier the big winners of this period. Uh, the Broncos with Payne Haas, because obviously as a Muslim, Ramadan has just finished. Yeah. So he didn't have to go through that period in the middle of the season. So he finished, I think, on Sunday. So he's now coming into this period ready to go and he doesn't have to worry about fasting and the, 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 obviously the effects on his body. So it's a, that's a big boost for the Broncos. Absolutely. But also we've got to remember they have Payne Haas. David Fafita out for maybe up to a month. Matt Lodge, he's about 90%. So that Alex Glenn comes back, will finally come back and play. But they've got Joe Offerhangawi, Tavita Pangai Jr. out for suspensions. That's a big chunk out of your forward pack, gents. Yeah, it is. But, yeah, I expect Parramatta to probably win this weekend. But you talk about those guys coming back when they're all fully fit and a number seven that steered them around. They're going to be... I think they're in the top four this year, the Brisbane Broncos. Okay. Let's talk about your game of the round. Yeah, game of the round for me. Oh, Saturday night. I mean, I can't wait for Thursday, but Saturday night, Storm Raiders. You talk about last year and the ghosts of last year. Melbourne Storm remember every loss, and that would have hurt them last year because they were primed to make another tilt at a premiership. And the Raiders to go down there, and they've had the wood on them, the Raiders, down there Mm. the last couple of years, Chairman. So they've got a really good success rate. So for me, I think this is the game of the round. Uh, Strap yourselves in. You know, a lot of guys with a lot of stuff to prove that have been in the media at O'Carr, Josh. John Bateman, so I just can't wait. Okay, I also want to ask you about the two 
maybe two of the smartest rakes in the competition. And with this new rule, how do you see it playing out? Well, this is when we'll see the effect of it. Right? <laughs> uh, Josh Hodson and Cameron Smith, they're the, the ultimate manipulators of rules. So we saw with Josh Hodson with a stripping rule and Cameron Smith's been manipulating things for 20 years. So if we're going to see the effects of the rule changes and the referees, these two are going to exploit them. And I think we'll, teams will be watching this thinking, OK, this is the way we need to do things going forward. Because they are the, probably the two smartest footballers mm. on, in the NRL. So uh, a good opportunity for everyone else to learn how to adjust. Yeah, I, I agree with that point totally. The other one is we're going to see this six again rule and you're going to be looking for one-on-one -on -one tackles and the ruck trying to be slowed down. Both these sides have forwards that can tip on and pass and create that ruck speed for their hookers you know, to be smart around it. So you may see a lot of early on the referee trying to find a balance of when he's going to give six again, when he isn't, because the forwards Bromwich onto you know, Kamakamitha, it creates a quick play of the ball. Smith's in there going, come on, six again, six again. So, look, I just think it's going to be, you, when you have the two best nines going at each other in the competition, it's always one to watch. You can't use the crowd as an excuse for not hearing the referee either. No, that's not <laughs> Well, the referee, yeah, he'll be able to hear both the nines, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, do you think that Canberra Raiders will be deflated coming off that grand final defeat or do you think they'll be, they'll be up and ready for this one? Look, probably the question for me for Canberra is, you know, they come out of the gates, they had two games against Warriors and Titans, which they should have won and they did, you know, both pretty comfortably. How long does that fire still burn for them? And it will for, for a big chunk of the season. But you're always sort of waiting to get another chance to get back to that big dance. And, you know, having played in a grand final, but the year before we bowed out in straight sets, it's a long 12 months before you get a chance to prove yourself. So they'll be looking for this Saturday night as a chance to really prove themselves, to be able to say, hey, we're still here. We're still going to be as good as what we were last year. Plus, we get to see George Williams in the real furnace against a team that's going to have a chance to work him out quite quickly. So um, the Canberra Raiders will be there when the business, you know, at the business end of the season. But what a fantastic clash. I can't wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. <laughs> I can't wait for any of it. Anyway, I did mention a couple of players who are coming back from injury. It is now time for the Casualty Award brought to you by Go Healthy Vitamins. And a huge boost for the Eels coach Brad Arthur. He's confident that number nine, Reid Money, will be back to play this Thursday night against the Broncos, recovering from that broken foot. As for Brisbane, Alex Glenn's hamstring has healed. He's expected to play and captain his first match for the side. The Sharks welcome back a handful of injured stars, including Matty Moylan, who has been recovering from a number of calf strains since the pre-season. We see him there on screen. I'm sure they will be very happy to have him back along with Josh Dugan. Now the Bulldogs are crossing their fingers. Kieran Foran will be cleared to make his long-awaited return after shoulder surgery. Tune in to NRL teams tomorrow with Zach Bailey. That's the latest in the casualty ward, thanks to Go Healthy Vitamins. All right, hit or miss. I missed the sting with that one. It's all <laughs> happening so fast. <laughs> all right, question one. Roosters will miss the top four. Hit or miss, Michael? Hit. Hit. Yeah, I don't see them. They'll make the top eight and they'll bounce back, which is why I don't understand a lot of the uh, <laughs> the whinging coming out of the Roosters camp. They'll be there, but I think the, 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 thing, the, the thing the Roosters realise, if you don't make the top four, means you have to play 22 weeks straight to win the comp. And that's a long time to do it. You need a week off. That's the feeling around the comp, that if you can't finish in the top four and you have to play 22 weeks straight, then that's a long, long road to it. We don't, we don't have 22 rounds. We only 18 plus the four. Oh, but you're talking about finals. Interview. Yes. <laughs> Come on, Katie, get with me. I get only got 50% in my maths <laughs> test in the HSC. Jamie, hit or miss? Uh, I'm going to say miss. I'm worried if they lose this weekend. I think that certainly puts it, the odds against them. But 
you know, Trent Robinson, what he was able to do the last two years, get the champs up week after week, to have eight weeks off to get Kyle Flanagan more adjusted to how things are going to run and, you know, give those guys, Boyd Corden has had, you know, eight weeks rest. You know, those guys have had a lot of rest. So um, I think that they'll make the top four. Okay. I feel sorry for Kyle Flanagan. I just don't think he's going to give, be given the time to get things right because the Roosters haven't got a lot of time to make up. It's a shortened season. They've lost two in a row. He's obviously a special talent, but he's in a team that if they don't win a comp, like that's that's the benchmark. They won two in a row, so they're expecting it's to the win benchmark three. every year. Yeah, well, I know. Give the but kid this is a, a chance to breathe. A, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I feel sorry for him. I'm letting him breathe. I don't feel sorry for him. He had a chance to play halfback for the team that's won two. Uh, comps back to back, and he took that opportunity. Okay. Now he's starting. He's played in one, two games in the NRL. So what if the Roosters are 0 and 4? Then what do they do? They're going to have to get rid of him. Do you think Trent Robinson's going into video on Monday saying, "Kyle, that's it's your fault we didn't win the comp." <laughs> no, but I'm saying no. something's going to. The culture, the culture is stronger there. They bring back Josh Morris. Cole Flanagan will be fine. The championship or bust is for every team every year. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. And they're back. <laughs> I missed you too. All right. State of Origin should remain at the end of the season. Hit or miss? Of course, it is. Miss, 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 okay. miss. Tell me your thoughts. Um, I'm, I'm happy for it this year because I love Origin, but Origin for me, uh, mid-year is just, it should be on for three weeks. We pause the competition for three weeks and we have Origin played. We see our best players still own the game, give them a chance to not have to back up and have a three-week break throughout the year. Um, special circumstances this year. Happy, so happy that it's on Origin this year because it's such, you know, it's one of the pinnacles of our game. So, uh, but I would like to see it stay mid-year. I'll say hit that. I like it at the end of the year, but if that's on the proviso, if they're going to stick with what we've got and they have to interrupt the season to play Origin, I don't like it. Play it at the end of the year. I'm, I'm happy for that. But if they want to introduce a standalone Origin period, then I'm all for that in the middle of the year. You just cannot continue to ruin the competition for Origin. And I love Origin, but <laughs> ruin the competition. They do. There's six weeks there that things become boring. So after... pause it for three weeks. That's what I'm saying to you. If that's in what the middle of do, the year. I'm all for that. That's the, that's the preferred model. I don't think you can ever have it at the end of the year again because you're asking teams that if their players don't make the finals, they're off for six weeks and then they have to go into the pressure cooker of Origin. But you it just ask doesn't them to fit. do that in test football anyway, mate. But the test football, at least they have a chance at the end of the year to be able to get into camp. They have their training program, they come in. State of origin, you want them to play a week after the grand final. Like, where's the downtime they do that from? They're going, to play, they're going to play into December every year? They do that with test football, mate. They're going to they play in into the middle de- of the season. They're going to play into December every year, and then you have to give them eight weeks after it finishes. So we're going to have off-seasons. It's already too long now, the off-seasons. Well, Bring teams them all back in back. January. <laughs> I'd love, I'd be, would have still been playing. Yeah, correct. It would have been a lot bigger, but I would have still been playing. Look, I just think three weeks, middle of the year, let Origin dominate like it should, and it does, and everyone will be happy. Right. And you get the best players towards the back end of the year for your team as well, because they've had a couple of weeks off. Maybe they get a little clean-up surgery to be able to play the back end of the year. But if I'm a player, I want to play rep footy at the end of the year, don't I? You get to play for Australia. That's the end, of the, that's the end goal. That could be after. What if I push in origin and play so well at state level, then I get okay, so the jersey? Then you're going to get into where you're playing origin at the end of the year. Then they're going to have to go on a kangaroo tour. And the time away from your family is from November to December. Yeah. You want them to go 13 months of the year? You do. No. No, no, I don't. No, There's 12 months of the year. You don't want them to go 13. I'll host you guys if I right, over that. Okay, fine. Question three. John Bateman will not be at the Raiders in 2021. Hit or miss? Michael, I'll start with you. Uh, I say hit. Uh, I think I've spoken to people at Canberra. They're privately conceding that John Bateman won't be at the club next year. They've obviously given him permission to look around. Uh, yeah, I think he'll be at Canterbury. The Dragons, the other one for me. It just depends on Jack DeBellin and how quickly they get a result on what's happening with him off the field. So 
The Dragons, they might have the money to go for him, but if you tell them who the front runner is, I'd say Canterbury, especially with uh, fellow Englishman Luke Thompson joining the club next year. I can see him in the blue and white. Jeez, Dragons fans would be upset if they pay the 800000 asking price for John Bateman and they didn't pay the seven fifty for Tyson Frizzell. What's he worth, John Bateman? He's worth as much as he can get. Good luck to him. I'm, I'm happy he came out and spoke about it. He's got a family to provide for. Why are we judging and counting people's money in this in this climate? If he can go out and get a million dollars a year, good luck to him. I hope he does get a million dollars a year. How much is he year. worth? How much is he worth? Probably seven seven fifty, I would say. But, but you get a team another... that is desperate will pay a little bit over, and he's, and that's what he's relying but that's, on. Right? That's always been the way. That's exactly right. Ben, so if he can ben get Hunt, it. the Dragons need a halfback. They had to pay the one point two. Yeah. It's whatever the market dictates. So if I want him, aren't desperate. No, they're not for back rowers. I wouldn't pay, if I'm Canberra. I'm not paying any more than six fifty, right? And and that's understandable with that pack. But Canterbury, you get John Bateman for eight hundred, and suddenly the next bloke comes for a little bit less, and you because they're not going to get a decent half. They need a decent half and a decent hooker. They're not going to get that without the pack. No one's going to no. take the risk. So he could come and play thirteen for your team at the Bulldogs. That'd be a great sign. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, they might have a chat. Last but not least, Newcastle will give Andrew McCulloch a new lease on life. Before I get your impressions, I would like to play this grab that he spoke to media a little earlier today. Yeah, well, I guess I just needed to get out of my comfort zone and do that. I felt that was an opportunity there to do that and Adam's choice was for me to play more minutes, so I'll do that and you know defend really well and give some good service to PC and, and do my best, but yeah, opportunity, more minutes, I think can only help and Whatever that may be, 40, 50, whatever it may be, mate, to be honest, I'm just happy to um, put a jersey back on and get some more minutes. All right, new lease on life down at the Knights, hit or miss? Yeah, hit. I think he's a fantastic player who's going to come in and provide some uh, yeah, service around the dummy half role, which is what Mitchell Pearce needs. And Mitchell Pearce and Caelan Ponga need to be able to divide the ball up but get it at the right time. And that's what Jaden Braley was so good in the first couple of rounds is. But being able to control the ruck, and give Mitchell Pearce the ball when he needs it and when he wants it. Well, I think he's the closest fit to Jaden Braley that they could find that's out mm. there. So it doesn't change what they do too much. I'd be surprised if they threw him in straight away this week, given that he's just joined the club. So he might need a week to, to get used to the setup. But I, I think that puts Newcastle back in the frame of, without a hooker replacement, relying on Connor Watson. Because the thing with Connor Watson, he's so much value off the bench. He didn't want to lose that. So now they can keep McCulloch, get Watson off the bench. The balance is right and what they've been working with off, all off-season. Connor Watson's great wing. He can play anywhere in your team and just be that versatile, but also can be X-factor and come on and provide speed around the ruck. So if they do decide to go small ball and play him at 13, yeah, McCulloch coming out of dummy half, Ponger and Watson on the ball, that provides a real threat around the dummy half. Love it. All right, time for my favourite segment, Champ or Chump. It's back. <laughs> and this week for the shutdown period, we saw Jordan Carr, who introduced drip season. Him and a group of the Brisbane Broncos players got together and they wanted to look forward to something during isolation. They were sort of inspired to the last dance. We did see Isaiah Yo from Penrith Panthers there. There's Alex Glenn from the Broncos. Uh, we've got a few there, Josh Mansour. So basically, Penrith Panthers picked up the idea, rolled with it. Gents, Champ or Chump? With what you're seeing here, do you like it? Joe Offengauer, champ. <laughs> mm -mm. Would you have rocked the old no, no shirt? <laughs> oh, if I look like that, if I look like that, I'd never wear a shirt. I wouldn't even buy shirts. I'm um, surprised Josh Mansell's in a shirt there. So yeah. Okay. yeah. Good. Different. Yeah, well, it's a bit colder out at Penrith. Uh, look, good, a little bit of fun. I think it'll be knocked on the head if they don't come out and, and play like that this weekend. <laughs> but it, it's nice to see the players, you know, the social media access that we've been able to have through COVID-19 and all the players has been really, really good. What about you, Michael? Yeah, champs. If they lose this week and they come out next week, 
with drip season, then I'll, uh, I'll be asking some questions. It was during It won't isolation. be drip season, it's it'll not... be drop season. <laughs> Correct. No, drop season. Best. <laughs> You're missing the point. It was drip season, something to do during isolation. Drip season. Okay. Drip season. Oh. <laughs> See what I have to deal with every week, honestly. I thought I missed you both. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> no, the idea is there. Would you consider having it each week for the players to dress up? It's like, like the, the NBA. They took it from the NBA. Just come in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think the sponsors would be too happy. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, do you think it'd be a good idea, get rid of the sponsors, do you think it'd be a good idea for the players to do that? Would you like to see them dress up each week going to the game? Yeah, that's fine. Bring some life to the game. I, I don't mind it. Like, the sponsors will never allow it, but it's good fun to see. We're having a laugh here. Katie just wants to <laughs> get her segment across <laughs> the line. But that's <laughs> no, I'm going to wrap things up because I've had enough of you two already. Let's get to rugby league. It is on Thursday. We won't be back until Monday, but tomorrow, Zach Bailey will be there with NRL teams. Make sure you tune in. 3.55, Robbie Farah and Brett Kamali there joining him on the desk. And that's us for another week. Anything else you want to add before I cut you both off? Uh, hello, Jeff and Yvonne, my grandparents watching. They've been dying for me to get back on camera, so love you, Grandma and Pop. <laughs> oh, my God, I didn't realise we are doing shout-outs. Oh, sorry. <laughs> awesome. Love your work. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next Monday, have a good one. 2020 underway. Rugby League leading the world in sport with tries like this. The Eels go 2-0. and oh. This rivalry is just down to this planet.